welcome back to Ads for Success podcast number 12. Welcome to Ads for Success podcast with me, Amanda Perry, agency owner, e-com coach, small business cheerleader, and Facebook ads super geek. This podcast is full of real life advice from pulling back the curtains on my agency, seeing firsthand what's working right now in the world of ads. I'll be bringing you interviews from e-com brands that are smashing it right now and hearing from the brains behind them how you can too. Full of practical advice, actionable tips and straight talking, no nonsense help to improve your e-com store, your bottom line and just maybe your life. Stick around and let me show you how. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you enjoy the episode, please do leave a review as it helps others find us. Thanks for listening. And now on with the show. Welcome back to Ads for Success podcast with me, Amanda Perry. I'm delighted this week to be joined by Nathan Hirsch from Free Up Marketplace. Nathan, how are you today? I am great, Amanda. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. I'm enjoying the last few days of summer over here. What's the weather like with you? <laughs> it is beautiful. I, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I mean, I live in Florida, so it's normally sunny, but I feel like right right now it gets right over the, the crazy heat, and now we just have nice weather. Oh, nice. That, yeah, we came to um, Miami for a week last year and had solid rain, <laughs> which was not the plan. It was not what we wanted to see. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It must have been the only week you had rain all year. Do you want to uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Nathan? Tell us a bit about what you do. Yeah, so my name is Nathan Hirsch. I am a longtime e-commerce seller. I started back in 2008. I started a pretty large Amazon business out of my college dorm room selling baby products of all things. So if you can imagine me as a 20-year-old single college guy (laughs) selling millions of dollars of baby products on Amazon, that was me. And growing my business when I was 20 was, was obviously difficult. Um, but hiring people was extremely difficult. And I quickly gave up on hiring college kids and, and hiring people in person and going into the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fibers, and I got pretty good at it. I have some people that are still with me today, eight years later, but I also made some bad hires. And I hated the process of posting a job, getting 100 people to apply, interviewing them one by one. And I always just wanted a, a better, faster way. So Three years ago, I had the idea to, to build my own platform, free up, taking everything that, that I liked and changing things, everything that I didn't like about the other platforms. And we've created this, this network where we get thousands of applicants every week. We vet them for skill, attitude, communication, take the top 1%, let them in, and then make them available to clients quickly whenever they need them with 24-7 support on the back end in case they have even the smallest issue. And a no turnover guarantee. If if someone quits for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get them a new person right away. So that that's really what we're all about. And, and kind of the short version of that how I went from a, a broke college kid to selling baby products <laughs> to eventually starting my own platform. Amazing. So what happened to the econ business? Was that you kind of decided that that the opportunity was in the platform rather than knocking out baby products? 
Yeah, I mean, the thing to remember is I wasn't very passionate about selling baby products then. I, I'm still not passionate about selling baby products <laughs> now. Um, the other part of it is I wasn't selling my own products, right? I, I didn't have my own patents, my my own creations. I was just selling other people's products. And I got into Amazon at, at a really good time. This was back in 2008. Amazon was yeah. booming. We, yeah. we did a million dollars in the first year. We scaled it up to over $5 million a year. And then the courses, the gurus, the coaches start coming out and the market becomes more saturated. And instead of doubling every year, we're, we're staying put and we're kind of hovering in that two to, to $3 million range. And we're not really growing a business. We're just growing an Amazon business. There's no branding or marketing. We're not even mm. selling our own products. And when I launched FreeUp as a side project, it, it quickly surpasses my Amazon sales. So there I am with two businesses, one of which is my brand that I can grow and customize and it's growing fast. And the other one's been stagnant for a few years and is just kind of a moneymaker and I'm not passionate about the product. So it became an easy decision to, to pass that business over to one of my three partners with that. And and me and another partner, Connor, just decided to focus 100% of our efforts on free up. That's so interesting. I love it when that happens. It's a bit like the um, story of Slack, isn't it? How Slack's, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the story of how Slack started, where there were software engineers and Slack was just started as an internal communication thing for them. And then they realized actually the value was in the in their communication thing rather, I mean, slightly different kind of dynamic. But I always find it really interesting when you have that kind of, you know, you pivot between the businesses because you realize where the true value is. Yeah. And that's why whenever I talk to entrepreneurs, and this might just be personal for me, I always tell them to, to not put too much effort into planning. Because I mean, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be selling baby products on Amazon, I wouldn't have believed you. And if you had asked yeah. me five years ago, if I'd be running a freelancer platform, I wouldn't have believed you. So sometimes you have to adjust to the market. You never know where you're going to have different ideas or realize that you're passionate about certain things. And, and it kind of leads you in the awesome direction. And that's just one of the things that's fun about being an entrepreneur. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So a lot of the my audience are um, like solopreneur businesses, kind of working from home, exhausted by having to do it all. But not necessarily a lot of the conversations I have, they're saying they're not in a position to hire or they don't want that kind of commitment of permanent hiring. And outsourcing is obviously a great um, option for them. But I think, as you said earlier, a lot of people have tried the kind of fivers and Upwork. I mean, you know, Upwork's slightly uh, better than some of the options on Fiverr um, and have p potentially had their fingers burnt. So what's, what's the best place to get started with outsourcing, as in the skills? What kind of skills do you see people kind of making as their first hire? Yeah, so what I like to tell people to do is figure out where you're at as an entrepreneur. Are you someone that's stuck in a day-to-day -day operations and you need to figure out how to get your time back? Are you someone that projects are building up? You need a website, you need a logo, you need some social media, and you need that specialist to come in and handle something at a high level? Or are you someone that's taking on a new thing? Maybe you're trying to do Facebook ads for the first time or sell on Amazon and you need an expert to come in right from the beginning and hit the ground running. And yeah, you could spend the next six months learning how to be a Facebook ad expert, but that's not a great use of your time. And you can't do that with every aspect of your business. So for me, it's all about figuring out where you are as a business owner and then figuring out a budget saying, Hey, I made X amount of money last month. This is how aggressive I want to be. If you want to be really aggressive, maybe you're investing 50% plus of your profits. If you want to be more conservative, maybe it's 10 to 30%. 
but figure out what that percentage is and does that budget allow you to hire full-time people, part-time people, project-based people, one-time project people, and then figure out what level do you need? Do you need those followers who are going to take tasks off your plate? Do you need those doers who are going to get projects done? Or do you need those experts to hit the ground running? Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? I think that's a lot of people's reservation over outsourcing is how much time are they going to have to put into kind of, um, I guess it's the, oh, it'd be quicker to do it myself mentality, isn't it? How much time are they going to have to put into kind of training this person up and teaching them how to do it? So I guess if they can get someone that can just hit the ground running and potentially even knows more about them than that about that skill then that's a great place to be isn't it yeah and i think i think a lot of your audience is running marketing agencies or eventually they want to and the cool thing about marketing agencies is is you kind of need all three right you need those white label partners as the experts so you can expand the different services you're offering you need those mid-level people the the creatives the graphic designers the video editors the the writers even the bookkeepers and and then you need those followers because you're going to create the system and the process and that's really your value add as an agency is you can come to a client and say, hey, I've got this, this system already built that's worked for other people and I'm going to plug you into that system. And in order to run that system, you, you need to plug those followers in. So the mm. really good agencies master hiring all three levels. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I often have the conversation with people where they kind of, they have it the wrong way around. So they talk about, you know, I can't afford to pay out 20 or 30 pounds an hour or whatever the the level they're hiring for, but they don't really look at that opportunity cost where they're thinking, okay, I could, I could, what could I do in that time? The time that that frees up for me, how how do you see that? How do you help people when they're coming on to, I guess, by the time they've come on to free up, they've already understood that, haven't they? But you must have that conversation a lot with people. Yeah, I mean, everyone, we offer a pretty wide range, right? We have people from five to 100 plus per hour, fixed prices too. And at the end of the day, I'm not setting the market, right? The market sets itself and that changes over time. And, and there's obviously a factor of location as well. I mean, those followers are in the five to ten dollar an hour range. We don't provide U.S. or U.K. followers, or they're usually Philippines or, or maybe India. And then the doers can be U.S. or non-U.S. in that ten to thirty range. We don't provide U.S. or U.K. freelancers below twenty bucks an hour, the U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. And then experts are going to be in that thirty and up. And we we have clients that hire all sorts of things. We have clients who, for whatever reason, they say, I only want to hire U.S. and U.K. people, and they only hire them on our platform. Or other people, they're, they're more budget conscious. They can only hire, afford people in that 5 to $10 an hour range. And other clients might have an office of people, and they support those people with non-U.S. virtual assistants, or they hire both. So you, you really have the flexibility to, to build your business however you want. And, and that's one of the beauties of the gig economy. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. That that brings me really neatly onto my next question, which was what what do you see as the trends for hiring or or the sort of forecast for hiring and team building? I spoke to interview Bree from Snag Tights recently on this podcast, and they turn over over twelve million a year with a completely remote team. They don't have they have no kind of fixed office or anything like that. Do you think that's something that we're going to see is just really 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 commonplace over the next kind of three to five years. I, I do. I, I think both sides are just realizing the benefits. I mean, from from someone as hi, who hires a lot like me, 
I don't think everyone's productive working nine to five. I opened up an office. I made people drive to work every day. I don't think that helps morale. I don't think people like it. People want that flexibility. And from yeah. the, the offering services side, just like an agency wouldn't have one client, having one employer is incredibly risky. If they go out of business or fire you, you're, you're starting all over again. So having a bunch of different clients and being able to pick and choose who you work with and working on a flexible schedule in your pajamas or whatever times of day that, that it is. I mean, th there's just so many benefits across the board. And I think bigger and bigger companies are starting to get into it. Um, yeah, that, that's the direction that I see it going. I, I saw a study that over the next 10 years, over 50% of the workforce is going to end up being remote. And I'm, I'm excited to be in that industry just a little bit. Absolutely. I think it's it's so refreshing. In fact, it's a we my agency is completely flexible. We do have an office. We tend to spend maybe two or three days a week there. But the rest of the time, you know, for me, you work from wherever you get the best work done. There's work that I creative stuff. I need to have a team around me and bounce ideas off people. If I'm doing kind of really deep work, I need to be at home or I need to have my own space. And it really, really amazes me when I speak to friends who are in kind of air quote employment, traditional employment in offices where there's none of that, you know, they just haven't got to that point where there's that level of trust or processes that allow people to work remotely and, and trust them that they're doing their, their best work. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I have 45 virtual assistants and I have about 20 freelancers that I use um, pretty on and off for different projects. And I, uh, clients always ask me, like, should I should I use Time Doctor? Should I use Hubstaff to monitor their screens and really yeah. micromanage, in my opinion? And I mean, I don't do that for any of my people. If they're not doing the right thing, it's not going to take me very long to, to figure that out. And I don't yeah. have time to go through 50 people's screenshots. I also don't think it builds a very good relationship. It doesn't make them take ownership in the company, which is what I really want them to do long term and become a believer and, and feel like they're a part of something bigger than them. So I think everything that that old bosses that old managers thought about micromanaging people and looking over their shoulder and having to be in person and having to be able to watch what they're doing. To me, you don't need that to grow a successful business. And a lot of the best entrepreneurs out there build a much different culture than that. Yeah, I completely agree. I guess it's like the old, I grew up working in retail. I guess it's like the old, you know, having the CCTV camera over the till, isn't it? And kind of checking what everyone's doing and the sort of vision of the boss sat there just watching the the, the screens for the cameras. It's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't breed that great culture that we all want these days, does it? No, definitely not. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what would you say? I mean, you're, you're the king of outsourcing. You deal with thousands and thousands of people on both sides of the fence. What are your tips for successfully outsourcing? Cause I've used, I've used a load of VAs before and we have a partly remote team. And the big thing that I personally really struggle with is the communication. Um, it's definitely not a strong point of mine. And I guess that's the big one, isn't it? I guess that must be, you do have to have really, clear communication to pull this kind of working off yeah i mean for me it's all about expectations and communication i think that's mm -hmm. where most entrepreneurs go wrong they'll hire a virtual assistant hire a freelancer and they won't spend that little extra time right at the beginning getting on that same page what's success what's failure what does this project look like what are the due dates what's the due time what's the due time zone um figuring out 
What are the communication methods we're going to need? How often am I going to get updated? What are the absolutely do not do things for, for any reason? And then when it comes to communication, not setting up what channels are for what. I mean, I see a lot of clients, they'll just use email and it's incredibly inefficient. They're trying to have a conversation via email and they're emailing at different times. And for me, I set up three communication channels for everyone. The You got emails for things that are respond within a business day or respond next time you work. So any kind of updates, system changes, stuff like that. You got Skype for conversations, for meetings, for talking about projects, for more day-to-day stuff. And then you got WhatsApp and Viber or text message if they're US for emergencies. I'm not going to Viber someone a small update at six o'clock at night when they're they're eating dinner with their family. And, and so mm-hmm. I established those communication expectations. And then if I hire someone new and and they're not doing the, the they're not using the communication channels the right way. I I quickly correct it. So I had a virtual assistant I hired recently, and it was two a.m. in the morning, and he called me on Viber. Now, if someone's going to call me on Viber at two o'clock in the morning, our software has to have crashed or something. Um, yeah. And it was over like a twenty-five dollar issue. And I mean, he was new. He, he was well intentioned, and I just explained to him like what the proper communication channel was and what an urgent versus non-urgent situation was. So. For, for me, it's all about setting those expectations and setting those communication channels and sticking to them. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, th- I think it's also about understanding what outsourcing is, isn't it? And I think the issues that I've seen and the issues I've seen other people, the mistakes I've seen other people make is when they think outsourcing is, right, that's your problem now. You kind of deal with it rather than treating it as you would an employee, which is what you've just explained about, you know, onboarding them in the correct way and setting up the correct channels, the correct expectations, the correct behaviors. When people are just like, oh, I've got a VA now. These are the tasks I need doing. Don't bother me again. That's that's not the right way to do it, is it? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's, it's the same whether it's a freelancer or a virtual assistant. Obviously, the expectations are going to be different, but you still want to get on the same page right from the beginning on what's expected. If I hire a freelancer for a project or I hire an agency for a monthly PPC campaign, I want to find out what should I expect in 30, 60, 90 days. What are the due dates for different milestones that we're doing? Um, I want to find out what what how we're going to communicate and what what are some some red red flags versus what what how do I know it's going in the right direction just 100% getting on the same page so there's no surprises and getting it in writing so there's no he said she said down the line yeah yeah really important and do you see what are your kind of um you see the back end of this so do you see people uh hiring on a more permanent basis through through free up or do you tend to see people hiring on project basis and then maybe they'll they'll do that as a fill-in until they kind of find an employee or are people doing it this as a long-term solution yeah i mean we have clients that do all sorts of things. I mean, we have mm-hmm. a, a client who might hire 10 full-time customer service reps in the Philippines and they've had them for three years. Other people might hire a US developer to build a website and they'll never talk to them again. Or they'll have a, a graphic designer or two graphic designers that they'll go to for different projects throughout the year. So you you have the complete flexibility to use our platform however you want. You can eventually buy them out off our platform and, and make them an employee of your business if that's what you want to do. Um, again, you, you kind of can use our platform however you want whatever makes sense for your your business Mm, yeah interesting okay so if someone did want to dip their toe in the water and use free up what's their first step as as a business looking to hire a va freelancer whatever the, the services they're looking to fill 
Yeah, so go to freeup.com, create a, a free account. It takes two minutes. You can mention this podcast and get a free $25 credit to try us out. And once you have that account, it, it's free to sign up. There's no monthly fee. There's no minimums. It's free to put in requests. It's free to meet people. It's free to interview people. Um, and, and when you just put in a request, you click request a freelancer. It'll ask some questions so we know exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for a VA, a freelancer, an agency, price point, US, non-US, what kind of skills. And it takes a few minutes. When, when you're done, we'll introduce you to someone within a business day. We normally send one person by default. Most people come to us because they don't want to meet 20 people. But if you say send me three, send me five, uh, we're happy to do it. And then from there, you can meet with them, interview them, make sure you like them. If you like them, you can hire them. You can agree to fix price. You can um, negotiate rate. If you don't like them, you can click pass, provide us feedback, ask for more options, whatever you want to do. And it's a very quick and efficient way to get access to talent. That's great. So coming at it from the other angle, if I was a freelancer and I wanted to be, I know you said you only accept the top 1%. What what does that look like? What's the process for coming on as a freelancer? Yeah. So we vet people for skill, attitude, and communication. First of all, you can um, apply right on the website. There's an application process and my freelancer success team is awesome. That will take care of you there and answer any questions you have. Um, but we, we look for skill, attitude, and communication. We don't need everyone to be a 10 out of 10 when it comes to skill. Um, we, what we care about is that you're honest about what you can and cannot do and that you're priced accordingly. If you're a follower or a doer or an expert, you're, you're honest about that. For, and we put people through skill tests. For attitude, we do one-on-one interviews. We want people who are passionate about what they do. They're not just in it for the the payment. They love bookkeeping as much as I love being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Those are the type of people that that we look for. We want people who can be the bigger man, be the bigger woman. We know that not all clients are are rainbows and butterflies, right? You're you're not going to go your entire freelancing time without dealing with any difficult clients. That's not realistic. But when a difficult situation comes in, are you professional or do you get angry? Do you get aggressive? Um, we also want people who can take feedback and, and not take it personally. And then communication is really everything. I mean, it's the key, the foundation of our platform. For, for communication, we want people who can respond within a business day. You can get on the same page quickly with a, a scope and a game plan and an audit. We want people who can handle personal issues in a professional manner that doesn't make the client upset and frustrated. And, and we, have, we can go on and on about that, but communication is the foundation. We're very quick to remove people from our platform if they're not communicating with, with our client base. So th- that's really what we look for, that trifecta of skill, attitude, and communication. That's that's great. I think that's what people want to know, isn't it? That when they're coming, I know there's other platforms where you could hire people that maybe have, you know, some good looking reviews. And then when you start working with them, it doesn't kind of seem to reflect that. Can we just go back over um, what you said? I think you said it at the top of the podcast about what you offer, because I think there's a really important point about I can't remember the term you use, but you offer the cover don't you so basically if you get ghosted or whatever happens for any reason you offer that cover so no one's left without without that the 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 cover that they need yeah we have a no turnover guarantee so freelancers on our platform rarely quit of course it's real life it could happen if they do we cover replacement costs if a developer quits in the halfway through building your website we're going to get you a new developer and make sure that you don't pay any more than the original price if you hire a va and you spend two weeks onboarding them and in six months they quit on you we're going to cover the first two weeks of a new person so we know that Quitting is always going to be a hassle. There's nothing that we can do to make it 100% hassle free, but we do want to make sure that you're taken care of and that you're made whole and that you're not covering that onboarding cost more than once. 
Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's really reassuring. I don't think other platforms don't do that, do they? I'm not aware that other platforms offer that level of cover. I am not aware of any that do. No, no. Very diplomatic answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I think that's fantastic, Nathan. Where can people find out more? How can people find out more about you and more about FreeUp? Yeah, so we have a Facebook group called Outsourcing Masters. Um, We post a lot of great content, hiring virtual assistants, hiring freelancers um, and agencies, and we have great files in there. We have eBooks that you can use. Um, If you go to freeup.com, my calendar, my team's calendar is right at the top. You can book a free meeting with us. Um, We can only meet with people on the client side. If you're looking to apply and offer services, please just apply on the website and you can create a free account. Like I said, mention this podcast, get a a $25 credit. And you can also find me on any social media channels, Real Nate Hirsch. Um, and I, we try to post a lot of content. We're kind of under the the impression, or we kind of go along the assumption that, yeah, we can provide really good people, but if our clients don't know what to do with those people afterwards, it only does so much good. So we want to provide a lot of content to educate and help people become better and better at improving their hiring process. Because it's a big part of being an entrepreneur. Of course, absolutely, yeah. Um, and what's what's next for you? What's next for FreeUp? Where where do you see this going? I mean, it's it's been what three years now. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. We started off in the Amazon space, and then e-commerce, and then um, yeah, and then we went into the marketing space. And the cool thing about the marketing space is it kind of trickles into every other space. So I think we have a lot of work still to do in the marketing space, working with bigger and bigger influencers and getting more well known. But eventually, we'll probably go into another space, whether it's real estate or software or whatever it is. And that's kind of the direction that we're going. Fantastic. Well, it sounds very exciting. I'm sure there's never a dull day over there. It sounds like it's nonstop for you. So thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. I think it's really valuable. I I really think outsourcing is a massive issue for certainly my audience, a lot of people that I speak to every day. It's a real, um, it seems to be a real leap for a lot of people that haven't done it before. So it's really interesting to get that kind of behind the scenes look from you today. So thank you for your time. Nathan I really appreciate it thank you have a great rest of the day you enjoy that Florida sunshine (laughs) take care bye-bye wow so there was some great information on there it's really good to know that there are platforms out there where you have that kind of backup I really like the cover that they provide so that if you're going to get someone from there and they do I mean they have a really really strict vetting process so in the unlikely event that they do turn out to not be quite as you expected or they quit on the job, then you're going to get that cover done. I think that's really, really important kind of assurance that we need as entrepreneurs. So tips for outsourcing, I guess communication is key and really setting those expectations and treating it you as you would an employee. So having those processes and procedures that they really need to follow and managing them according to those. So if you're going to get someone that's an expert, of course, they're going to bring their skill to the job. But what you really need to communicate with them is the behaviors that you expect, the timescales that you're looking for, and really setting those expectations, which we all do 
if it's an employee, but I think when we're outsourcing, we tend to have this kind of hand it over and expect the job to be done approach. Where if we're looking for some sense of freedom, if we really want to be able to work from anywhere and have these remote teams as Brie from Snag does, then this is something we really, really need to nail. And we need to have those processes in place so that we can manage those projects and see if tasks are getting completed in time so that we're on track for for completing the project so thank you again Nathan for joining me thank you guys for tuning in check out the show notes for the um, link to the credit that that Nathan mentioned you can get a $25 credit off your um, first booking which is really handy so go over and check it out I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised at the standard of the people on there I know a lot of people that use free up which is how I got speaking to Nathan in the first place and invited him to come on the show I know that outsourcing is a subject that hurts a lot of people it's kind of taking that leap and really putting that trust in someone that you've never met if you're used to kind of having a team around you so thanks again Nathan thank you guys for listening and please do join me next week (laughs) 